Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Starting joint practices this week, we've got 49ers-Vikings content coming from you. We've got an update. 49ers' first joint practice was today. It should be wrapping up soon. Started about two hours ago. I'm here with my guy, John. We're going to be breaking it all down right after this. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the 49ers Red Zone Podcast. I'm here with the one and only John Chapman. John, how are you doing today, man? I'm great, man. You know, the 49ers have their joint practice session with the Vikings starting today. Still on a high from the preseason performance against the Packers. And, man, dove into the film, finally got through all the offense and defensive film, feeling great, absolutely incredible about the performance on top and bottom. And I'm glad to be here with you, man. Uh, the work that you and Marco have been doing is incredible. Uh, so pumped, man. Excited to get some questions. If you got those in the chat, throw them up there. And man, let, let, let's freaking dive in, man. I'm pumped. Yeah, let's definitely do it. And I always love going with you because we can see the CC squad just, uh, <laughs> just pushing right They're in. They're the best, the man. I yeah, love it. Man, Countdown so. crew hashtags. We do giveaways on our feed. We're, we're going simul. We're going both feeds right now, which is awesome. It's like an Avengers uh, setup. Um, and it, like that's a hashtag CC. If they do that on any of our live shows, the first uh, two minutes, they yeah. get entered into a monthly giveaway. So that's the whole idea there. Yeah. And it's uh, it's definitely great. You know that uh, you guys, uh, all the chat is pulling in. Thank you all for tuning in on this what is it? I don't even know what the day is. It's Wednesday, Wednesday morning. <laughs> Thank you both for tuning or all of you for tuning in. But like you said, let's get right into it. Joint practices started today. A uh, pretty long practice so far. It started, I believe, at eight o'clock or that was the schedule starting time. Uh, at Pacific time, 10 o'clock central time. It's currently near 12. So it's going nearly two hours. What is uh like what is your expectations over the next two days uh and really getting into this preseason game? I think that these two days, okay, so today is going to be mostly individual with some team-specific um, team practices. So, like, you'll do um, red zone. You'll do inside-outside. You'll do, like, scale. You'll do some of those things. Tomorrow is going to be much more of a scrimmage-scrimmage. So this is the day where you finally get the test on the offensive line, which you saw that in the first preseason game, but offensive line and defensive line, that's what you can take the most away from this from. You know, wide receivers, secondary, they can do all their stuff without pads, whatever else. Interior line play, almost impossible without pads. So them going against somebody else. We know the 49ers D-line's one of the best, if not the best in the NFL. How are they going to fare against this Vikings defense? That's what I'm most interested in. Yeah, definitely. And to me, 
this is the the first test that we're really seeing where the starters can go at it because it's not their own team anymore. It's really going against another team. And I mean, for the offensive line, how does the offensive line hold up against that Vikings defensive line that has a couple of good players on its own? And then how does the Vikings defensive line uh, or Vikings offensive line hold up against our defensive line? And we've seen some of the initial returns so far as well as how does Trey Lance play against the first-team cornerbacks? Because if you didn't know, Traverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley both are out of team drills. Mosley did return to practice, I believe, today. Yes, but they're huge. Both, yeah, they're, but they're both out of team drills. So that means that the 49ers haven't really had their top two corners out. So you're getting their top two corners out here when uh, you're going against the Vikings. And yeah, Eric Armstead and Emmanuel Mosley came back. They're practicing um, not fully. They're doing individual drills, slow ramp up. But that's great news. But yes, you are correct. Uh, still a lot of players out. I mean, you've got two starters in the secondary that aren't out there. And Jimmy Ward, he's got a while to go. And Charvarius Ward, um, I think they're just going to keep him out until it's time for the season. Uh, I do expect Ward to be back week one. Not uh, Charvarius Ward back week one, not Jimmy Ward back week one. Um, but yeah. yeah, so... So you're going to get a testament because you're going to get up against one of the best, if not the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL and Adam Thielen and Jefferson. I mean, Jefferson's as good as anybody. So this is going to be good. It's going to be a test because their wide receivers and our wide receivers, completely different skill sets. They're, they play the same position, but it's completely different. Um, they're, we have a physical kind of contested catch uh, modus operandi. They do not. Uh, that, that's not what they do. They, they are skilled route runners that create space um, and go get the ball. So it's going to be a little bit of a different challenge for the 49ers secondary. Right. And that actually brings us right here to this comment. Lenore and Avery Thomas having a rough day. Well, you would expect them to have a rough day because Diameter Lenore is lined up against Justin Jefferson. And Ambry Thomas, I believe, is lined up against Adam Thielen, two top receivers. So, I mean, especially when uh, it's in this setting, I would expect backup-level cornerbacks to have a rough day against frontline-level wide receiver starters. So take it as you wish, uh, yeah. uh, worried or not. I think both of them uh, haven't – like Lenore had a strong start to camp and then has pretty much played average the rest of the way, while uh, Ambry Thomas – has been struggling, obviously, in uh, in, general, in camp. So yeah. we can start with those two. Uh, how do you uh, like what? What are you thinking about those two cornerbacks? About the depth chart uh, behind our top two corners, and would you be okay with one of them having to start a game if, or with this 49ers team, it's when we see an injury to the top two corners? Man, I would say I feel much more confident in Diamador Lenore because, you know, if you look at the preseason game, which, you know, he was much more consistent and in phase, right? So one of the things, the coaching technique with corners, who's in phase, who's out of phase? Ambry Thomas out of phase way too often. His transition step, whenever he's changing from a shuffle to a, you know, from a back pedal to a shuffle or, you know, a shuffle to open it up and turn it and running, he just loses so much ground uh, when the ball's in the air. You don't see that so much with Diamador. Um, and Diamador's better tackler. I don't want either one of them getting starter reps, but if we had to... I would feel way more comfort comfortable with Lenore, which is crazy coming after what we saw last year with Ambry Thomas getting us into the playoffs and his game seemed to be trending upwards, has not had the best off, off season. So wait, how long is it going to take for him to get back to his where he was? He's not there right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, if we're speaking objectively, I've pointed out during the training camp period that Throughout training camp, Lenore was the better cornerback, and you could make the argument that a guy like Tariq Castro-Fields has even played better than Ambry Thomas overall. And so, yeah, I, I do agree with you that Lenore is likely the first man up, but it is good to see that because of the injuries, they're going to get essentially thrown in the fire. And if you're going against these top cornerbacks, I'm okay if you get deep, uh, burned deep. Just play them where they're most comfortable. With Ambry, that's pressed man. Play him and press man. If he gets grabby, he gets grabby. But you got to learn through those reps. So this is the best way to do it against top corners. Yeah. Play him and press man. Throw him in the fire and see how it works. 
Uh, real and you quick, know, the other yeah, corner you didn't bring up was Kader Holman, who yeah. he, he got sliced up. He's been getting snaps ahead of Diamador Lenore all camp yeah. and in the preseason. He did make a couple good plays, but it's Not a showed, great first start, we'll say. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Got to say, real quick, my guy Marco, unfortunately, did catch COVID. So uh, hopefully you're feeling better later today when we are expected to go live. So stay tuned for that. But hopefully uh, you feel better. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, everything is going well there. Dude, Marco, I, I just want to say shout out to that man. He is the best of us. I, I consider Marco a good friend for years now. Uh, we've chatted a handful of times. He is he's awesome. Love that dude. Love y'all show what y'all put together. And for those of you that are watching my feed, if you haven't caught their show yet, you got to. You just got to. I mean, they just put out too much good content. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. We've got our first super chat of the day, though, and it comes from Bro Montana. The Vikings are running our old 2011 to 2013 3-4 look with that Donatel mm -hmm. as their DC. Remember, yes. they hired a new defensive coordinator, I believe, this year. And so their uh, Bro Montana here says he's kind of excited for these trench battles. What is your takeaway uh, about them running that uh, that old scheme, and how will we combat that? I, I love it because it's different. You know, I will say this. The 3-4 and the wide 9 have some overlays whenever you're looking at run gaps and attacking and, you know, where it is you're trying to set your running lanes. Mm -hmm. But it's different, and this is something we haven't seen necessarily. So um, this is another good test for the 49ers offense. That, that, I keep going back to this. this. It's their two days. This is brand new stuff because you haven't seen 3-4 yet. Um, all training camp, all mini camp, you're running your own stuff. Now is the time to say, all right, guys, look, whenever we're doing this, the outside zone looks different. The inside zone looks different against this defense. And so uh, we got to see it. Now, we don't really see a lot of three, four stuff in our own division, um, but you're going to have several games a year, usually five to six um, against a three, four look, that odd man front. It just changes your blocking assignments. And so it changes your quarterback reads too because it adds an extra skill guy that you got to read in the zone read or in quick, you know, slants and things like that. It just changes where your eyes go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Demarcus Dixon asked, does Kyle speak today? He actually, I believe, is speaking right now. They are slated. Kyle was slated to speak today after practice. So that might be going on now or in a few minutes. Uh, moving on with the questions, let's go over uh, to Zachman106. I believe this is Zach. He, or no, we got to this one. Let's go to the next one, which is uh, Shat J asking about who Telano Funga and his coverage at free safety. He's feeling good. What do you think about the initial returns on Telano Funga, John? And obviously, after that big hit in the preseason game find the issues. I know that there are some tape guys out there that really don't like Hufanga, especially in coverage, but holy cow. I mean, how many snaps did he play? He played 19 snaps. You go watch, find him being out of position, find him not opening up the way that he's supposed to, to the deep threat. You haven't seen it. Now he played a lot up front into the line of scrimmage, but he plays a lot of back snaps as well. So, what was his total? He had 11 coverage snaps, and he had eight run defense snaps. So he got a little bit of work. He's going to have some issues. There's no doubt about it. But when you saw George Odom go in there, he struggled. When you saw Tarvarius Moore in there, good gosh, he struggled. Um, you know, I will say this, though. Another guy that I really, really like, who even outplayed, um, what's his name? Uh, Leon O'Neal, who a lot of people were really high on. Tanner Hawkins. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, sorry. Th that's another guy graded positively. Film looked good where he needed to be. Not a lot of highlight plays, but consistently that dude was where he needed to be. So Hufanga, big time stock up. The energy that he brings is great. But also Taylor Hawkins, that's somebody I'm going to be watching a lot this week. I expect him to get a lot of snaps in this game coming up Saturday. Yeah, I'm actually very excited too because Dante Johnson – was probably going to slot in as that second-team safety uh, with, obviously, uh, Jimmy Ward out. But Taylor Hawkins now will get that spot because Johnson himself is injured with a rib injury. Do the 49ers sign someone before then? We'll see. But right now, our top four safeties are Talano Funga, Tavarius Moore, George Odom, and Taylor Hawkins, which means that you should see extended play for the backups, which is a good sign. And Taylor Hawkins, this is, like, essentially your biggest look as to whether – 
he could potentially make, or if you view him as a guy that could be on the roster in the future, be it as a practice squad guy this year, or be it as a 53-man guy this year. So it'll be definitely interesting to see. And this is kind of like a prove-it game for Taylor yeah. Hawkins this year. I, I don't th- – they're not bringing anybody in this week, obviously, because yeah. waivers have processed. Um, but, yeah, if Dante Johnson is not ready to practice next week, then I think they'll bring somebody else in. And he yeah. – he had Dante Johnson, he played all over the place, but he made one incredible tackle for loss in the very next play. Terrible pursuit angle, gave up a touchdown. And so, like, that consistency for a nine-year vet's not there yet. That's scary. It's a new position, but that's got to change. And if he doesn't get healthy next week, I could see a change take place. Not that they'll cut him, but they'll bring somebody else in. Yeah, definitely. Uh we got another question from Zach. Right tackle position seems to be struggling a bit. Now, for context, Mike McGlinchey was out today with the injury that he suffered on Friday. But really, I feel like he suffered earlier last week on the last day of training camp, uh, and it might have lingered. He is now not practicing this week. Uh, so Colton McKivitt's got the start at right tackle today. And from the reports, the offensive line was struggling today defensive line of the Vikings seemed to be giving the offensive line a lot of fits seemed to be uh, getting in the backfield forcing Trey Lance to move with his legs a lot and so uh, right tackle seems to be struggling are you worried in any sense about the right tackle position it's my number one concern for this team Uh, not only early on you know week one week two for the entire season you know you had a quad tear <laughs> that is not a small issue for McGlinchey surgery. And let's be honest, McGlinchey's good. He's he's an above average right tackle in the NFL, but he wasn't great. And he had his issues, uh, you know, those one to two bloopers a game coming off an injury. We'll have to see. But no, there's some concern there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, also talking about depth, right? Because this is in a way a tryout for if McGlinchey doesn't remain healthy throughout a 17-game season, who do the 49ers try out at right tackle? Yeah. it's initially has looked all right. Today was right. a struggling day. The other guy, I'll, I'll put out a name there because not a lot of guys know about him. He's not the best fit in our system. That's the one knack on him, but that's Jordan Mills. Jordan Mills has been a fairly solid pass protector. He's 31 years old. He can't necessarily move as well in the run game, definitely compared to McGlinchey, but he's a solid pass protector, and that just might be what you want uh, at that position. He's one of the players that had no existing time with Shanahan's scheme. So he's a vet. He's over 30 years old, played 35 snaps, He's the opposite of what Shanahan goes for in linemen. He's not the best run blocker, but he's predominantly a good pass blocker. If you look across the 40 hours offensive line, it's exactly switched. Everybody is a road grader that blocks perfectly in his own system. That's not Jordan Mills. But, man, he did not make any mistakes in pass pro. So, like, if I'm looking from a Trey Lance perspective, if Colton McKivitz or Jalen Moore cannot step up, I've lost all confidence in school. I actually would not have been surprised if he would have been cut uh, but whatever. Um, if I'm looking for who's going to protect Trey Lance the best, if those two guys don't work out, Jordan Mills uh, possibly could be starting week one, uh, which is insane. But I wouldn't be upset because, again, it, while you might lose a little bit in the run game, I don't want Trey Lance getting hit. That's what I want least. Um, so I, I would I have confidence in Jordan Mills after watching that tape. Yeah, definitely. And before we continue, this is the most important part of the show. Be sure oh. to hit the like button. Be sure to subscribe. And then you know John's got that Patreon. Be <laughs> sure to go head on over there and show him some support. Love it, man. Love it, man. Shachay's the best, dude. He he's he's just a, a good dude. He's swole too, man. You always see him really? working out Damn. in his pictures over there. I'm staying away, man. Glad he's on my hey. side. Good, good, good. You got yourself a free bodyguard now. <laughs> and speaking of him. He asked, did he see Kinlaw's pancake on that poor offensive lineman? I missed it so far. But, you know, the the plays that Kinlaw got in there, he graded poorly from PFF. Don't care. Stats didn't show up. All I cared about with Kinlaw was, was the power there because he lost a lot of weight, the surgery, all those things. And I can tell you right now, power's there. Every time he engaged a lineman, you saw the guys pop back. So can he continue to stack these healthy days? 
I, I'm less concerned day by day with Kinlaw. Um, now, is he going to be a six-sack guy or whatever? I don't even care about that. Is he going to allow all-pro Fred to return because he's just stuffing the inside of that uh, the offensive line with Eric Armstead? The formula is set, and if he stays healthy, man, I, I'm huge on Kinlaw this year, huge on Kinlaw. In fact, I just bought an autographed uh, Javon Kinlaw Ooh. jersey to give away at one of our road trips. So uh, That's perfect. Excited about that one. And you talk about Kinlaw right now. The one, like the one positive that I took away from the game was the availability. Mm-hmm. Javon Kinlaw, like you've seen a lot of 49er players, especially Mike McGlinchey, be eased in in a way, play limited reps. Trent Williams at times has even played limited reps. Javon Kinlaw has been thrown in the action when he's when he's on the field. He's been playing a ton, and so that was to me a positive. You saw Kinlaw out there in the preseason game in training camp. You've seen Kinlaw play a good amount towards the second half of training camp, and so it's a good sign at least to see him. And the speed definitely is there overall. The athlete is there. Yeah. Now it's just getting the refinement in pass pro uh, to to really start making these plays, whereas he didn't really make them on uh, Friday. Yeah. What D'Amico say? Back-to-back times that D'Amico went up there, separated by like a week's time for press conferences, asked about Kinlaw. He said technique. Then he said it 12 times in the two questions about Kinlaw. Technique, technique, technique. That's all Uh he's got to work on. He has everything. He's just got to work on that. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and I mean, he that's the big thing, right, with Javon Kinlaw in the entire of his career. And it's not really something that's a problem. It's just he hasn't been given the chance because he hasn't been on the field. So when you got, talk about Javon Kinlaw and technique, that is where, you know, reps is where he's going to get it through which is why it's good to see him available on the field yeah uh, yeah i'm with you there i'm excited i'm very excited about this defensive line the fact that robert kimdichi went out there and put the performance he did but the 49ers felt confident to walk away and cut him that's a testament um they're happy with what they have on the inside yeah definitely continuing with these uh questions We've got one about Toure. How are we feeling about Kamoko Toure? And I know you chopped up the film. I've seen it too. Uh, you Give me your thoughts on Kamoko Toure. Dude is a baller. I, I thought he would be a pass rush specialist only. Holy cow, man. It, the amount of positive plays that he made was just in the run game, in the pass game, just sound, hustle, winning early, winning late. It was so difficult to find a negative rep from him, and he played a ridiculous amount. He played 46 snaps, which I think yeah. was uh, up too close to the most. Ambry, Ambry Thomas had the most with 53. Yeah. But I walked away. Jordan Willis, huge step down, um, just out of position several different times. But Kamiko Ture, just positive. You know, not a lot of, like, highlight, whatever, but just positive, positive, positive. Understood his run assignments, which was huge because he's coming from 3-4, to a four three, so this is a little bit new for him, a little bit as well. And oh man, I I, I couldn't take my eyes off fifty three. Every time he was out there, I was like, ooh, 
Uh, and he just flashed continuously. Yeah, he was one of my top five players from the game. Yeah. And uh, to Ray, the, the surprise to me was he's excelled in pass uh, pass rushing, right? Over throughout training camp, there was the day he had five sacks against the second and third team defense. But to see him play as well, and even there, there are plays where he isn't really the guy, like the main guy making the tackle or anything, but just him filling in, it was definitely a good thing to see that you have another guy who could be Teray right now is the second version of Samson Ebucom to me because yeah. he can, he's a guy who can do both better at pass rushing but can fill in the run game too. And we talk about Jordan Willis. I was surprised by his performance because he had been looking fairly solid in training camp as a run defender, primarily as a run defender, maybe not as much with the pass rushing yet. But like you said, not really the best game of him so far. My thing is he just kept losing contain um, repeatedly. And so if you want to know like – fans kind of talk about Samson like, oh, he doesn't get all those sacks. He's a little bit boring, whatever else. But here's the thing. No missed tackles all year. Always where he should be. D'Amico Ryans preaches consistency above all else. You look at Jordan Willis. Now, why he might, he had the second highest grade from pro football focus. It got four pressures. You watch those pressures. They were on naked bootlegs where he, <laughs> he lost contained outside. So yeah, yeah, you got a pressure, but not all pressures are the same. And he just was out of place, yeah, probably seven, eight snaps out of his 35. So you're talking about one out of every three snaps, negative grade. I don't know. Um, he still flashed. He had some positive plays. There's no doubt. But, man, way too many negative plays for a vet that's been in the system now two years. I, I still think he makes this roster, but he's my last D end. Like, I moved Kerry Hyder ahead of him, Charles Minihues. I, I think, let me put it this way. There's two tiers, okay? You've got Nick Bosa by himself, ungodly, okay? Yeah. Then you've got a bunch of guys that, you know, Samson, Drake Jackson, Charles Omenihu, and now Kamiko Ture. That's that tier. Then below them, Kerry Hyder, and at the very end is Jordan Willis. And I think Kerry Hyder's a little bit different because he can play inside-outside. So the versatility, the experience, the scheme fit, but just talent-wise, those are my three tiers. And Jordan Willis is at the bottom even though I think he still makes this roster very, very bad showing. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully turns it around. He should get more time in the second game, especially because I don't expect guys like Nick Bosa, especially Ark Armstead and all those guys to play again. You'll get a, a lot more reps for the backups. Willis, like you said, 35 reps in game one. Could see a similar amount in game two. And hopefully he turns it around, especially in the run game. Because... I mean, the backup running back in Minnesota is one of the better backups in the entire yeah, league. Yes, You're going to go against a pretty, pretty solid backup over there in Alexander Madison. So Man, it could be a I want to see Minihue so bad. Like, I, I'm so high on a Minihue. I, I'm a Longhorn, so I, I'm biased. I understand. But his efficiency numbers last year were off the charts. And remember, he yeah. got traded midseason. Yeah. Had a great offseason. I, I want to see him. I want to see him. I really, really want to see that guy. And I think, honestly, in a, in a way, it was just the 49ers showing confidence that they know what they have in Omenahue by letting him sit, in a way. I was and shocked. So, I was yeah, shocked. I was definitely shocked because he. I, I was thinking they'd want to experiment with Omenahue and maybe Drake Jackson or Omenahue and some of these other guys in these rotations, seeing who works well amongst each other. But he got the, he got the rest, which was interesting. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it, it says a lot whenever you get the healthy guys that don't play. Right. So that that's a, you know, a salute. And I think that's where they see Charles Aminahue. And again, I, I've said this several times this offseason. If I could buy stock in a player to have a huge breakout year, Charles Aminahue is at the top of the list. Um, I, I just think I just think he's going to ball out. Uh, he's going to get that Arden key role. And I think it, he's going to be good, man. He's going to be. Yeah, good. he's going to be good. Uh, PH boss here asks, need an update on Burford and Banks. I honestly thought they looked good during game one. What were your thoughts? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's it's funny the way they win. They win differently. They play the same position, right? Left guard, right guard. Yeah. Win differently. True. Left guard, Eric Banks, just solid as a rock. Nobody can get around him. Not a lot. Yeah, I think I got one pancake uh, watching him, maybe two. But he's not that uber aggressive going to destroy you Trent Williams guy this is not what he is he's just a behemoth so wide the, the widest guy on the line 
people can't get around him. He played great. Then you got Burford. Burford is taking people's souls. And he's shoving people's faces in the ground. He teabagged a guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's he's off the charts aggressive and mean. Um, so uh, there's no new updates besides the fact, holy freaking cow. And Burford, here's another thing with Burford. He lost a handful of reps early, but was able to regather and seal so that Trey didn't get hit. Like, if you remember the Trey Lance slide play, right, where he scrambled yeah. and slid. Burford whiffed early, but his athleticism and, and quickness—that was a great rep, right? He he recovers, oh. athletic, and then pushes him to the outside, so Lance steps up in the middle. Yeah, exactly. So like, it wasn't the perfect game or a clean game. That would go to Aaron Banks. That was clean game. But if you look at Burford, it's a home run, or he's down 0-2 in the count and regathers, and you know is able to get on base somehow. Like that's what it was. But incredible performance. That interior offensive line set for week one. It's set. Uh, Banks. Uh, then you got Brindell. Then you got uh, Burford. It's set. The killer bees in the middle. They're, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, definitely. And I think that you know all three had fairly solid games. Obviously, you want to see how do the tackles play. Then again, it is replacement level tackles with McKivitz and Skule and whoever whoever really plays out there. And I don't expect Williams or McGlin definitely not McGlinchey and De- uh, like I don't no. expect Williams to get a rep either without Trey Lance for sure. And so you're going to see these three interior guys play again. And the good thing is, 49ers are just letting them get reps. Last game, I, I know that they they played well into the second quarter, and I think even. Uh, I don't think they got in the third. I'm not. Uh, I have to check back uh, on when the reps were, but I think it was well into the second quarter. And so it's good that they're letting them play a good amount. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. It's just it's just going to take time. Um, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting, Nick Sakil taking snaps at center yeah. today. Yeah, I've been waiting for that. I want him and I've Pogue been waiting snaps. for that all off season. There we go. Finally, yeah. I freaking this is great news now. Okay, pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, <laughs> no way that he's competing for center week one, week two, oh, week yeah. three, week four, whatever. This is a long-term upside play. Um, right. But I think it's a testament to they feel good at guard. Guard has been somewhat solidified. So you keep Poe there, and once you know you get Brunskill back, that's another interior offensive line play. Now you're building long-term for the center position, which I like. Yeah, and you talk about Zakel at center. I wanted this for a good portion of training camp because he really was struggling at guard. He started with the second team at guard, got relegated to the third team in place of Keaton Sutherland, and then was like, all right, but he had not won many one-on-one reps. And he doesn't necessarily work as well against quicker players who can just get by him just like that. So I wanted to see, give him give him a reps where you, you said he was going to play in the future. John Lynch uh, hinted that he could play at center. And so give him the reps. Uh, and obviously Brunskill's injury because the 49ers have a log jam at center because uh, even with Brunskill out, I was expecting Keaton Sutherland to get some reps because he had been getting some second and third team reps at center. They don't play him at center a lot at all. They play him at guard, which allows the Kel now to get that third team center role in that log jam and get him some reps there uh, at the position where now you can call protections and do all that kind of stuff as well. Right, and I'll I'll say this, you know, again, with a positive comes a negative. Donovan West, the undrafted free agent, he struggled mightily. Um, yeah. It was really, really bad. He got 22 snaps, but it was bad, especially in the pass game. So, um, yeah, the pass protection has been really pretty shaky. He doesn't play a lot, right, in training camp at least. He didn't play a lot, but you see it in the one-on-one reps. He's a guy who consistently lost be it via anchoring or be it just via speed as well. Yeah, it's so you've got to because right now with Brunskill out, like who's the backup center, right? I, I think it is Keaton um, Sutherland, but yeah, that, I'm, you're not happy with that. that. That you don't want to go in. I mean, you remember the year we had five injuries at center before week one? Like <laughs> you've got to be prepared. You got to develop those guys. So uh, you got to see what's going on there. Yeah, definitely. Continuing with the questions, Travis asks, do you expect any starters to play against the Vikings? Uh, Talanoa, maybe. Maybe Talanoa, but even him now with Ward out, I'd say no. None of the backers. Samuel Womack. I would put Samuel Womack. And 
uh, that would be huge. I would put Spencer Burford out there. I would put Aaron Banks out there. I would put Jake Brendel Ollie out Brindle. there. Yeah. So those would be all of the answers that I have that I could think of. Now, what's going to be interesting with um, Josh Hawkins been cut? Do they just scrap all you know twenty one personnel with two uh, fullback uh, plays, or do we'll they see. put the the thing is um what I heard from Jack Hammer at training camp was uh. They actually put Dwelly out there. Yeah, uh, he and, started and, for Juszczyk when he got injured, right? So, yeah. And now that you have Charlie Warner back, the true tight end two, um, and I think that Croft is going to win that tight end three job. That's just my own personal take on it right now. That's awesome. Give Dwelly an extra spot to where he can compete on the back end. I, I don't have Dwelly making this roster right now, but if he could prove that he could be that fullback spot, yeah, who knows, because he can do all the special team stuff. Right now, you can get 20% off your PFF subscription if you use the code PFF20. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, fantasy football rankings and projections, data and grades from the entire 2021 season and upcoming 2022 season, and much more. Support PFF and use promo code PFF20 for 20% off your PFF subscription. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, he is a guy who also has the familiarity with the playbook, with the offense, right? Because he's been here for the entirety of his career, as opposed to a guy maybe like a Tyler Croft, Troy Fumagalli, and uh, the other players who are also fighting for that TE2 spot. I honestly don't think there is a clear definitive answer behind George Kittle, and maybe now even Charlie Warner, now that Warner's back in the fold. I don't think there's yeah. a definitive answer, which is why it'll be also interesting to see who separates themselves in that tight end mix. And if we're got to got to talk about Tanner Hudson, uh, yeah, yeah. the Tanner highest, sure. yeah, the highest PFF grade had that touchdown, which was just awesome scramble drill from a tight end. Usually, you see that from wide receivers where you mirror the quarterback on his linear motion. Um, it was textbook what he did. You could tell he had um, you know a lot of experience, and that's what he brings to the table. So yeah, the tight end. There's a lot of depth there. I there feel is. like one and two set. That three spot, good gosh, it, all of them could win. Um, yeah. But I think Croft would be who I'd go with now. But Tanner right. Hudson, he, he's pressing. He's pressing. I think so, too. I mean, uh, there are a lot of candidates, like you said. Hudson, he's had like a, a, a big catch a day in a way throughout the second half of training camp. And uh, so if he shows to be reliable, shows that he can pancake because the issue was he couldn't block, but – He's pancaked sometimes in training camp. If he can show, like, continue to show this, especially in the run game, could be an intriguing candidate because he also was in the building last year. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at he had the second highest run grade um, on the entire mm, offensive side good. next next to Jason Poe. And I was talking about this with Wade the other day. Uh, Jason Poe had a 90.3 run block grade and a 12.7 pass block uh -oh. grade. <laughs> I mean, he's just so raw. He's just so raw. He's got a ways to go, but he shows you the flashes. But, yeah, if you get that consistency, receiving-wise, he's got it. He, he might be the best you know, wide receiver uh, tight end option that we have outside of Kittle. It's just can he get the consistency in the run game? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, speaking about the run game and the offensive line, Coach asked, do you think Jordan Mills gets a shot? Yeah, I could. I don't think he'll start, but I think he gets second half snaps. Um, yeah. I want to see, if I had it my way, um, I would do a quarter of Colton McKivitz. I would do a quarter of Spencer Burford. I'd do one quarter of Justin School, see what he gets. Then I'd do one quarter of Jordan Mills. Like, I got to see. I got to see. You um, want Burford at right tackle. Ooh, I like oh, that. Oh, no. Did I say Burford? I'm sorry. I, I McKivitz, uh No, no. Jalen Moore. Jalen Moore. Sorry about that. I apologize. Oh, okay. oh yeah. McKivitz, Jalen Moore, then because, Justin School. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Burford at right tackle? Maybe in uh, 2023. Just not right now. Definitely maybe. not yeah, right now. No, no, no. Sorry about that. Misspoke. Misspoke. Jalen Moore, though. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind that for sure. I think Jordan Mills is a dark horse candidate for the 53. A lot of people are talking about guys like Jason Poe. A lot of people talk about guys like Nick Zakel. But if the 49ers want win-now players, and if Mike McGlinchey's injury is lingering, yep. Jordan Mills is your second-best uh, right tackle at the moment. With I mean, Colton McKivitz is there, but you you know he's more of a he's a swing tackle slash guard type of player. If you talk about the back of offensive linemen, you could see an offensive line group of McKivitz, Brunskill, Jordan Mills, and then uh, whoever I'm 
I'm missing one person, but uh, or no, you can you could roll with eight. If you roll with eight, those are the, yeah. those could be your eight pretty much, and you can cut the other guys and play them as practice squad players. And remember, too, uh, part of the calling up two practice squad players a week, one yeah. of which has to be an offensive lineman. So and even though you have eight, yeah. right, so even though you have eight on your initial 53, which is what I expect as well, you'd call up that one um, that could come up there and get snaps, which Jordan Mills, even though he's a vet, you know, he, he'd been out on the streets for a minute. He's somebody that could be that call-up player. Exactly. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what yeah, long term, probably not an option. But McGlinchey's yeah. injury, as you said, very well said. If McGlinchey is injured, Jordan Mills will be in the mix. Um, I, I expect that completely. And the thing is also with that call up, the one other important thing waivers. Jordan Mills, since he's been here for a while, he has the more than four years of accrued service, I believe. He can get cut and go straight to the 49ers instead of going through waivers. You don't have to lose him. Sign of the practice squad, and on game days, you call him up. You can put Zakel, uh, and uh, if Poe makes it, you can put those type of players as inactive, or yep. you put uh, Jalen Moore as inactive while he nurses from injury if you don't put him on IR. And so you can put those type of guys as inactive, and then activate Poe uh, uh, to play uh, pretty much like they did with Brendel last year. Yep. No, I like that. Uh, and you, you just got to be smart with those numbers. But again, it all hinges on that McGlinchey injury, how soon he can come back and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, my guy, Aaron coming in 49ers first takes asking these camp injuries have me worried for the start of the season. Do you feel the same? Man, injuries are a part of football. Um, you play football, you're going to get injured. 100% uh, injury rate. Even the guys that play every game, they're banged up like crazy. Soft tissue stuff's problematic. It bothers me a little bit, but the 49ers definitely are not on the worst end of NFL injuries thus far. Um, we just got to wait and see. People are going to get hurt. More people are going to get hurt. And I think that's a, a big reason why we're not going to see a lot of starters as we've talked about in this game besides rookies and some of the younger guys. But yeah, I I don't know. Um, 49ers have been on the bad end of injuries for since Shanahan showed up. And yeah. I hope that takes a turn at some point. I really do. Yeah. I mean, Shanahan was talking about how these injuries this year have been kind of more because there's an off day. And then like mm -hmm. that schedule because of the requirements have led to some of these injuries. So hopefully the 49ers find a, a certain way to kind of deal with these injuries for sure. Yeah. I like that uh, Port Portola 45 <laughs> comment. That is hilarious. Get Mills and <laughs> Airbnb in Santa Clara. I love it, man. This guy's awesome. Uh, um, nope, zero, zero, asking uh, any update on Alfredo Gutierrez. I'll take this one for quick. He's not making the roster. Um, he he's. It's not like he's not a bad. Uh, like he's not like he's got what you want in a soup like a big tackle, right? He's huge, six seven. How many ever pounds? It's just he's not refined at all in pass protection at the moment. And when you see it, he'll win maybe one or two one-on-one -on -one reps here and there. But in 11-on-11s, he continuously gets beat. He doesn't – like he gets beat in all sorts of ways. I just don't think he's more than anything uh, than the International Pathways uh, program player, which keeps Which is on. awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. It's just – yeah, I'm with spot. you. And, I mean, obviously a great story. It's just I don't think he has an NFL future uh, as – a starter or even a backup right now. Yeah, I think he's somebody that could bounce around on some 90-man rosters, but uh, until he steps up a little bit in pass pro, I don't know. He's got the size. It's just, yeah, he, he's he's learning on the curve still. Yeah, and as Spy, uh, Spynick Danger says, go Rohan, go John, but most importantly, guys, hit that like button if you guys enjoy this content right here. We obviously enjoy putting it out. Obviously love talking with John. So make sure you hit that like button. Hit the subscription button as well. Stay tuned with all the content. And also stay tuned for uh, John's uh, giveaways because, you know, he, he'd be doing a lot of them. And he always gives back to the faithful, especially ahead of week one. We're working on, I, I probably shouldn't tease this, working on getting some uh, a pair of tickets, good tickets to the home opener game uh, that we're going to be giving away. So uh, still working Ooh, on some details I for that. I told you, stay tuned. Yeah. Stay so, tuned. Okay. See, you got to get me on the show because I'm the <laughs> one that forces John to spoil the news <laughs> for all of you. So. Oh, spoiler, Rohan. <laughs> uh, perfect. Uh, Ed 
Edward here says, move Tempo to right guard, kick Burford to right tackle until Mills is ready. Do you like this idea or do you think it's a little too far-fetched? Yeah, Poe's not ready. Um, I do not want Poe getting starter snaps at all right now in his pass protection. Run blocking, yeah, he's elite. But uh, again, make Trey comfortable in the pass game. I don't think we're there for that. Poe is a long-term play. And Poe is somebody that I really, really like. And maybe eventually you can move Burford to center. I would, I would like that idea more than moving him to right tackle. I think that he could probably do both. But uh, Poe is a long-term answer at center or guard. Not this year. Uh, probably, probably not this year. Um, even though I like him, like crazy, crazy like him. He needs time. He needs seasoning. Yeah, and I mean, when you talk about Poe, right, he's obviously intriguing, but he's small. That's something that is clearly Very seen when you, when you see it. Like, that was the first thing I saw when I went to camp. He was just the smallest offensive lineman I've ever seen. He anchors fairly well, but uh, the issue is right now, yeah, he's a, he's a work in progress, a uh, development project, uh, practice squad type of player because I don't think he goes claimed. Uh, I don't think that you should start Poe there. And I think you also, especially with Burford, he's a rookie. Don't push him to a position that he's not comfortable at right now. Keep him at right guard where he's played all offseason. Yeah. Drew asks, I'm worried about Mitchell already having hamstring injuries, not even playing one week yet. Are you worried about Mitchell or do you think the 49ers will manage him well enough this uh, this season? You know, with where they are now, I'm not too stressed about the running back position, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of healthy guys that are there. I want Mitchell back correctly. Now, he added a lot of size. There, I was pretty shocked whenever he came to our draft party in Vegas. I, I was like, dude's a lot bigger than I thought he was. He added some weight. But he's going to be all right. He's going to be in and out of the lineup as all running backs are. Um, and I would rather him miss week one and week two than anything else. I think he'll be ready week one, but these issues, they're nagging, but it's a real thing. Um, the good news is you have the depth behind them. The 49ers are more than capable with what they have in that backfield right now. Yeah, definitely. He also asked, uh, heard Trey got touched back with Banks and Bur- Burford playing. They were, one thing about uh, these uh, touch sacks, in a way, it's also hard to indicate where the sacks would be, and also quarterbacks in this in this part of the in the in this part of practice are more inclined to stay in the pocket, especially Lance, because he wants to try and complete different throws, uh, and so that's where you see a good amount of the sacks. Again, offensive line is an issue normally. The 49ers do also try something I noticed towards the end. They cycle in their second and first team offensive line at times, so you might see the backups playing against the starters with Trey Lance. So, again, context is required. Not a great sign that you're sacked four times, but context is required. It's funny. I've been on the offensive-defensive side of the coaching staffs when they do these things, and they here's what's funny. We'll be watching the film on the offensive side, and somebody like a tag will be like, oh, that would have been a sack. And then I've been on the defensive side, oh, 100% a sack. So it's all a matter of perspective. But, yeah, if you're coaching Trey Lance right now, you're telling him – Keep your rear end in the pocket. Win from inside. All that extra stuff, we're going to be, you know, doing that later. That's it. You don't practice that. So th- that's one of the things. Like, don't look too much in it. Remember, this was the same week. I think it was against the Broncos where Jimmy Garoppolo threw five interceptions in one day, yeah. and then yeah. they went to the Super Bowl. So like, chill out a little bit on the the practice inner squad whatever d- deals. Exactly. Uh, oh, Corey real quick, breaking news real quick, if Ooh. you don't, if you got a second. Let's go for it. Um, from Dan Graziano. Um, Schefter just retweeted okay. this. Yes. Um, Deshaun Watson situation, believe resolution will come today or tomorrow. Um, talks between the NFL and Watson's reps have heightened, um, and they think that they can reach a settlement without Peter C., oh. the designated uh, ruler. Um, Harvey, um, so to have a rule, but it's unclear how much longer we will wait. But the idea that we could have something today or tomorrow, this is very, very important for Jimmy Garoppolo, the whole Garoppolo thing, which Mary uh, Kay Cabot, she has said that they the Browns have talked about pursuing Jimmy Garoppolo if the suspension is longer than six games. So one thing I can tell you for sure, it's going to be longer than six games no matter what. If they reach a settlement, my guess is going to be 10 to 12 games. Um, if they do not reach a settlement, it will be a year indefinitely. Um, anyway, so thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, definitely. And that's good news because obviously that means, I mean, 
knowing that it's the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, we're not going to get a resolution. But hopefully a resolution comes sooner than later because the Deshaun Watson news is there. The settlement news is interesting because that might not mean a full suspension, more so a bigger fine, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's all conjecture at this point, but something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Corey here asking who's on the outside or inside after Armstead and Kinlaw has been showing up. Uh, Kemdiche obviously got cut. Uh, the guys that I've seen, at least in the depth chart, have been Kevin Givens. He's been the number one, and he looked actually fairly solid. Uh, Kevin Givens is a guy, in my opinion at least, that can be a starting defensive lineman for another team, which is why he's a quality backup. And then the other guys that I've seen on the inside are guys that rotate, versatile guys like Kerry Hyder. Omenahue has played on the inside as well, and so you've seen different guys on the inside. What did you see from the tape? Yeah, tape was all right. Kevin Atkins, who came in late. Yeah. He had a good, like, he's got a good first step, which I like. Um, also, Hassan Ridgeway's back to work it yeah. out. That's oh, a big good, one because he's that point. number four defensive tackle. Now, Hassan Ridgeway's, unlike anybody else we have, he is a pure run-stuffing penetration guy. He has no, like, uh, you know, he's not a slicer or whatever. He just moves the offensive lineman back every single play. So he is purely a run-stuffer. Almost a lock to make this roster. He's making it no matter what. But those four, they're making it, right? Uh, the starters who were mentioned in the comment, then Givens and Ridgeway, those four are locks. Yeah. After that, do you get versatile with Kerry Hyder and Charles Amenehue, or do you keep somebody else you know, to put in there? I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, they released two defensive tackles um, just two days ago. So Yeah, ton of depth. Ton of depth, yeah. and uh, I think the Ridgeway signing really paved the way for them to. Uh, sorry, uh, him returning paved the way for them to release Kem Diche. Another name in there that I don't think makes the fifty-three, but was higher on the depth chart was Akeem Spence. Has seen time with the first team defense uh, during training camp. Yeah, good a reps. Bit. Good reps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So overall, it's just damn deep unit. That's just the, the <laughs> takeaway from it. Just deep as hell. Like you could just pull names out of a hat, and I'm sure they're on the 49ers defensive line. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, my favorite part, and it, it, it made me chuckle. Alex Barrett went from playing defensive tackle in the first half, then yeah. they moved him to defensive end, and then they called a double dogs blitz. So both the Mike and Will blitz, and yeah. so he was responsible for the running back out in the flats. Well, it was a Will route, and so that's the one where he had to turn and chase. So he went from defensive tackle to guarding a running back forty yards downfield outside the numbers. I just was like laughing, like how many defensive tackles get asked to do that? Um, anyway, I was I was laughing the whole time. Like perfect play call from the Packers there. Hopefully the Niners don't do uh, too many of those. <laughs> Unless I don't know, I don't know who I'd want out there. Probably Samson would be the best. Yeah, that'd become uh, that would be good. But, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, All right, we got about, what, 10-ish minutes left, so get your questions in. We're going to be continuing to answer all of your questions here on this fine Wednesday morning. And once again, John, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you for giving your time for a great This is show. awesome, man. This is, yeah. this is, I'll, I'll say this. like, I feel like we're all in the same place right now because it's so much excitement. Not every NFL team has it. But golly, you know, you listen to national media and stuff right now. One of the games, if not the game of the week, was the 49ers versus Packers. There's just so much stuff to look forward to and things to be excited about because there's questions. It's young. But remember, 49ers were the NFC Championship last year. And so this roster's ready to win. You've got this huge change at quarterback. It's just, I don't know, man. I can't remember... The last time it felt like this going into a 49ers season, maybe 2020, which was a huge letdown, but it, this is prime time to be a 49ers fan and just enjoy, you know, this excitement and anticipation without knowing. And uh, it's just such a cool time right now. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we're so close, so close. It's just great that we get football back, you know, in whatever capacity, great that we get football back. And we're almost there before the 49ers rush party week one. Oh, yes, 49ers Rush Road Trip. Thank you, man. Appreciate the plug there, uh, Rohan. Um, are you coming to any away games? Are, are I we might come to, to Chicago. Out? I'll let you know. Ooh. I might I might be there week one, so we'll see. Yeah. 
Dude, I love it. Yeah, because there's, you know, the Giants at Wrigley. They play back-to-back days. We're going to be partying yeah. out there. We've got the tailgate set up on Lake Michigan. Uh, unlimited beers and brats. Go get your tickets. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Every single away game the entire year. We got a party the night before the game, and we got your tailgate covered. If you can't make it out to both, make it out to one. And we do giveaways at all of them. Um, so it's going to be a good time. So 49ersRushRoadTrip.com if you haven't checked it out yet. Exactly. For the people, Mr. John Chapman, be sure to hoe over to 49ers Rush Podcast for sure. And Chat J, and we get another question from Mike uh, Chilton over there in the comments about Brendel. Uh, what are you seeing from Brendel, Brendel, and what do you think he should improve on? This is one of the concerns Chat J thought about. And uh, what else are you seeing from him? Yeah, he watched my Patreon breakdown uh, because that was a huge point of emphasis. Brendel's one of the most athletic centers in the NFL. And he gets there quick. Like he yeah. can lateral step, dodge the you know one technique, get to the second level, perfect position. The issue is it's one count, two to three counts. They're slipping them, and so you know a lot of those backside cuts and all the kind of zone read scheme. He's got to hold that. So that's something he's got to work on. He can get there, but the timing factor and maintaining those blocks. I didn't see it very consistently. So I, I, that's something we got to wait on. That's something I want to watch. And again, man, Shache, credit to you, my friend, understanding kind of the advanced part of that position because it's not just about pass protection, not just about getting to the second level. You got to get there and hold it for two and a half counts. Stay in the blocks, yeah. And that's difficult to do. The athleticism says he could do it. I'm not sure the strength's there. Um, he needs to use his hands a little bit more and kind of grasp on. Yeah, definitely. Tim here asked, this is I'm a, I'm very interested to get your opinion on Trey Sermon, who had an interesting game. What was your breakaway from it or breakdown from it? Because I know I had a couple of opinions of my own that might have differed from the public opinion. I, I thought it was better than last year's Trey Sermon. Not near as good as TDP, though. Whenever okay. Trey Sermon was out there, I was like, all right, all right, all right. And then I saw TDP and I was like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Like that's what the big bodied, decisive back short yardage that's what i want um and so he had some good reps you know six carries 11 yards not great uh he had a lot of negative reps too where he was just indecisive stopped his momentum completely and that's the thing with tdp he doesn't stop momentum he just goes forward and you know shanahan has been on the record saying his trey sermon's decisiveness that's what he wants pick the hole hit the hole so I'm a little bit higher on Sermon than I was last year, um, but not as much as I am TDP. And if I was in charge of the running back rotation, TDP would be getting those uh, snaps over Sermon. Okay, there we go. You heard it here first from John Chapman. TDP over Sermon right now. And to me, it is about decisiveness. If Trey Sermon can be decisive, he's going to be a good running back because mm -hmm. he can take off and he can uh, he can have the one cut and go. He isn't dancing as much as he did last year, which was the main issue, right, with Trey Sermon. He was just trying to he, – he was adjusting from the college game. And so to me, Sermon had looked fairly solid in camp. He's going to get the probably the RB1 snaps again this week uh, unless Jeff Wilson comes back. So that's something to see. He's going to get the opportunity again against a fairly solid defensive line, at least for the first kind of uh, series. So I want to see how Trey Sermon does and can he – uh, continue to just utilize his eyes and see what the offensive line gives him. Because I didn't think yep. his performance was as bad as people indicated just because um, the six carries, right, 11, uh, 11 yards, I think it was heavily skewed on certain plays that were for losses, which weren't necessarily his fault. But overall, you do want to see that uh, decisiveness continue to be consistent for Trey Sermon rather than be here and there. Yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it, man. And again, if you just look at Trey Sermon's like carries, you're like, all right, this is not bad. And it's not bad. But then you look at the context of the other people's carries, even Jamichael Hasty I'd throw in there, even Jordan Mason I'd throw in there. It, it was much more decisive and clean and just, yeah, okay, there it is. Now maybe they had better holes, whatever else to run through, I, I don't know. But he's got to step it up a little. I want to see more. I want to see more. This is going to be a big week for him. Yeah, definitely. And so that also answers big papa's question about the running backs so we'll go over to luke luna who asked about the corners do you think that they will stay available this season or do you think injuries are just a precaution 
injury's going to happen. The depth is there. Um, Jason Verrett, I'm pretty sure, is going to be on the pup to start the season. So he's going to be that kind of middle of the game reliever that's going to step into the heart of the schedule. But you're built in a way to where I think that you have four decent – you've got two stud starters, Mosley and Ward. Ward definitely quarterback, uh, cornerback one. But – Ambry Thomas, Diamandora Lenore, like rotating those guys in. You throw out Lenore, if he struggles, you throw out Thomas. He struggles, you go back to Lenore, and you just allow those guys. The thing that I will say, Josh Norman's not walking through that door, thank God. So we're at a much better uh, place than we were last year. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, like you said, no Josh Norman, no Drake Kirkpatrick. We, we've got better depth this year. And obviously we got better high-end talent. Do I think they stay available? Good question, because neither Mosley or Ward have played a full season since 2019. Ward has missed about two to three games a year. Uh, last year he missed, I believe, four games uh, last year. Mosley obviously missed, I believe, six games last year in the regular season. And so, you know, they have had injury concerns in the past. I'm expecting at least one of them to miss games this season, if not both, oh, yeah. which has been the norm. Just That's just football in general. But – the 49ers, they were able to uh, work with guys like Josh Norman last year. You have better depth this year. Hopefully they continue to develop like Ambry Thomas did as the season went along last year. And Diamond Lenore, who's looked better so far, hopefully they continue to develop and can be serviceable when they are called upon to play on the field. Yep, I'm with you there. I'm with you. Well said. Yeah. To wrap up, we got a, like a, got two more questions here. Uh, Corey asking, what are your updated predictions on who stays on the team in the running back room? We talked about three of them in Mitchell, Sermon, and TDP. I think they're locks. What do you think? And uh, who do you think is that fourth guy if they are locks? If I was making the decision, I'd keep Hasty just because of what he could do on third downs. I don't want him ever taking a special teams kickoff return again. Uh, but he looked apart, man. And, you know, TDP getting the ball freaking spiked off his face mask by Brock Purdy. Um, on that kind of zone, they set up the screen for him. Like, I, I haven't seen another running back that can do the third down duties like Hasty can. And so that's who I would keep. Now, Jeff Wilson Jr., I don't know what to say about him because they're really, really high on him. But in his last five active games last year, he got zero touches. It's crazy to keep a running back that gets zero touches, but they like him. And, you know, he has done great things in the passing game in the past. So it's still, I wouldn't put Jordan Mason in there yet. I love Jordan Mason. And I think that he will play a role for the 49ers this year, but I do not have him making the 53 currently, not unless he does something crazy or an injury takes place. But I, I think he'll be around the 49ers, but probably not on the 53. I think so, too. I think the 49ers just like uh, other guys better. I'm going to go a different direction. I think they keep Jeff Wilson Jr. instead as that guy. The only issue right now with Jeff Wilson Jr. is can he remain healthy? And he didn't play in game one, and I think he will play a little bit in game two. Uh, I, I just want to see can Jeff Wilson Jr. remain on the field because, in my opinion right now, he is the better third-down option just because at least he's a little, been a little more consistent with catching the ball, and he also has – you know, uh, experience, more importantly, being a lead back in this offense, which we don't see with TDP or Trey Sermon just because they haven't had that experience yet. I think that that's valuable. And I think that uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. just adds something a little different. I like Jordan Mason, like you said. I think, though, the 49ers right now would probably prefer Jeff Wilson Jr. At least it's what's shown on the depth chart. Would it be surprised if Mason made the 53? No, but I think that Jeff Wilson Jr. right now has a little bit of the advance uh, advantage on uh, Jordan Mason right now for that last spot. Yep, with you there, man. And it's going to be – it's going to solve itself, right? I'm just going to be honest. Like, think about the running back injuries in the past. Somebody's going to unfortunately probably get nicked up a little bit, and the decision will be made. Right now you've got those guys. You just keep plugging away, try to develop them. It's going to solve itself. Yeah. Definitely. And I think with that question, that is a great place to wrap up today's show. Uh, John, thank you so much, as I said, for tuning in and joining me today. Uh, be sure to let everybody know where they can find you and all the 49ers rush stuff that you're doing. Some great stuff over there. 
Yeah, Patreon's definitely the best place to go. Just patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast or just Google 49ers Patreon. We have our bonus show. We do a bonus podcast live show for Patreon members only. Oh. Um, we're doing that today at 4 p.m. with 49ers Cutback. Um, so that's probably where I would check things out. But yeah, just type in John Chapman or 49ers Rush wherever you listen or watch podcasts. You're going to find us there. Patreon's the best place, though. Every single offensive, defense, and special team snap from the pa- Packers game all completely broken down. Um, every We do every play from every single game for the past two years. This is year three we've done it. And you can go back and watch old games if you want to. That's available as soon as you sign up. Hey, that's you heard it right here. Go to Patreon, 4 p.m. today. John Chapman, he's going to be on 49ers Cutback. But as I said, thank you for tuning in. As always, guys, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe, and hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button, not only for his channel, but for my channel as well. Yes. I appreciate both our really everybody in this chat and uh we'll be back soon thank you you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.